1: Why are we doing this? For the love of the game, mate.
0: For the love of rugby.
1: Let me introduce your hosts. Some things need discussing. Don't mistake being a sap for just being a realist. No man has played for England more times than Ben Young's.
0: If you're having mints slash bolognese before the game, you don't want to splash it on your nice clean white top.
1: Ah, Dan Cole. With his hundred caps, all his medals, his cuddly cute face and his
0: beautifully shiny head. For the love. Of of rugby. Rugby. Enjoy.
1: Back. He's back. I'm back. Mate, you're back. It's nice because I've been stuck with Tipperick and Brownie (laughs) and it's not (laughs) been that enjoyable. No, I'm kidding. They've been awesome guests, but there's nothing like having my mate back. Yeah, thank you for having me, Ben. I see you've done a brilliant job so far. Keeping the show
0: together without me, been tough. Um, he actually has probably been more popular without me, which is a bit um, soul destroying. But no, um, how am I? Yes, I uh, played Wales on Saturday, so yes, I played the game. Post match function, got back to the hotel, took my suit off, packed my bag, and then came home. Drove home after the game, got home, but half past 12 1 o'clock in the morning but it's great to be home it's nothing beats your own bed and that's what i was thinking It's like sometimes you know when you stay after a game you pumped up you got the adrenaline going you're full of caffeine and stuff like that he's probably lay in bed for two hours going oh i could drive home now so i drove home woke up in the morning and um it was nice being home surprised how busy m25 is though like on midnight on saturday i'll give you that but um you yeah, know it's all good i'm back here and now yes monday I had sunday at home and now monday back podcasting trying to not be forgotten by the podcast listeners out there for the hundreds of thousands that are downloading every week listening to us to be honest Twickenham at the weekend like there was a lot of people saying love the pod love the pod's great but I'm guessing they are all real listeners but like we should probably come up with like a code word or something like that where like they should say it back to us and then we like know that they're genuine genuine
1: listeners not just like not just heard that we're doing one and then therefore like so I'm gonna think of a word at some point you know what like the risk is obviously driving home after a game yeah it's getting cramped (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: The hotel car park is very tight, right? And there was a big 4x4 park next to me. There was another car park on the other side, and I couldn't get into my car. And I was like, there was just a random member of public was next to me. I couldn't get into my car. So what I do is I open the boot, flip the seats down, Plank climb through. In through the boot. <laughs> climb. But as I've jumped over, I've put the seat back, as I've jumped over, I'll cramp in my app. I'm like "Oh, You know, it like locks on. fully." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I <love> that. i like, that. <laughs> oh, you have to get out of the- <laughs> Honestly. Well, you know, you're like, I could wait two hours waiting for someone to turn up, but I can't get into my car. So, I, yeah, through the boot, ab cramp. And then from then on, I was like, bolt up right in the seat, just trying not to breathe. But um,
1: yeah, that was fun. Happy days, mate. We actually got a little clip um, when we did our review. Of the of the weekend's rounds, we had a little snippet of you with um, going to QuickFit and a tyre problem. Yeah, I mean, do you want to elaborate on that?
0: I mean, we well, did get a snippet the on the moment. way down. So yeah. i drove down on Wednesday, got to the M3, the, the old tyre deflation thing comes on. But anyway, so I carried on to Bagshot, and then it was like pulled in, and in turn, I had like two psi in my um, tyre, so it was flat. I was like brilliant, and then I filled it up there, and he could hear it hissing out. I was like, I'm glad this happened now and not 100 miles ago. But anyway, I went to QuickFit in Bagshot; they were brilliant. It's obviously not a sponsored story, this, but they stayed open past closing time to fit my tyre. How that? Really good. And I was able to get my way. And I even met the team meeting. I thought it was going to be late, but I was team meeting. I made with like three minutes
1: to spare. So, do you know what's yeah. crying out for? What? Sponsored by <laughs> Quick Fit tyres. Yeah. So, life in camp, how is it, mate? It is really good. It's different. Like, I think if you look at the
0: 34 man at the World Cup we had, I think there's only like 16 or something like that in camp at the minute from the World Cup. So, literally half, almost half the squad have gone through retirement or injury so it's a lot different there's a lot of young guys but the actual um, vibing camp's really good I think the coaches are trying to progress the way England play and they've got a sort of four year period but obviously blending with some of the stuff we used to do which was quite successful really good vibe there's a lot of young guys but they're blending in nicely we've had a, a talent show so they've got to show off some of their lack of talent to put it that way I can't watch Saltburn. it's been sport for me um <laughs>
1: I've seen it so now my head is now racing (laughs) I've got about a million questions but I won't ask we had a week in Girona
0: uh, we got to know each other and that was like a really nice because Girona were top of the league at the time but now they're not but that was pretty cool and then we went to Rome played a quite a tough Italian side they were up for that game a bit different you didn't really know what they've got a new coach and they were sort of changing the way they play got through that and then we came back played Wales at Twickenham, um, which again was a very edgy affair, as you noticed on your review on Monday. But now I England two for two, and obviously we've got a massive couple of weeks building in Scotland because they look really good.
1: When you say like the new lads obviously setting, I mean, have you actually spoke to them, or are you waiting for them to speak to you? <laughs> Any cliquiness going on? There's like
0: a tribe of over thirties, so it's like myself, Marla, Jamie, George, Daly, Fordy sticks together or we find each other put it that way you know sometimes you're in the team meeting room or meals like we, everyone spreads out the squad's really good and as you've been in like recent squads you know you know that you get to know each other and so the front row hang together or the, the forwards hang and like so you naturally mix anyway so there's everyone's mixed and um and that's also part of the intelligence of the, the coaches and the backroom staff like they almost deliberately like well, out for meals in certain groups and they kind of plant the
1: seeds and mixing so you can't just be in leagues which is good I mean that's probably one of the big challenges that England have yeah. along with France is coming from all different clubs trying to merge and, and like you say with a lot of transition but the experience still knocking about which was key because actually I think that was the difference probably in the last two weeks you know having gone down against Italy by 10 points early on the experience just no one panicked and at the weekend I thought that you especially, mate, the Thank finishers. Yeah. The guys coming on, did an absolutely unbelievable job. and Slow the game down, take the tempo out of it. What, big charge down, come off the elbow? Yeah. You know, you've got to be in the right place. <laughs> in the face, mate. I'd have loved something. if you hit the head. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have it. Um, just pop. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, so yeah, it's clearly working. Um, Mood in the change rooms after. How, how was it? Because, well, you tell me. I don't know. Mood in the changing rooms, good.
0: It was the first time, um, basically, everyone had their families in there. So all the kids were in there. Because we tried to do it previously. I think Steve, he's big on like Lester used to let the kids in the change room and like, it's nice because it's a nice moment of the week, isn't it? Where you actually get to sort of relax and you've achieved something. And Steve's big on involving friends and family because I was away from home for a long time. So I actually got to come in, um, kids got to come in. So there's loads of kids. Previously, I don't know if you remember, we tried doing it, but some of the RFU people said no
1: because of the safeguarding, safeguarding, too much swearing, alcohol, and nudity. It's but mental, really, isn't yeah. it? Like, I've got my son in a change room, which is my decision to bring my, yeah. my son. Yeah. Correct. and have a nice moment with them but no yeah. the RFU brigade who yeah. you probably can't comment because you're currently employed for them but but right however, now- however we made sure
0: everyone stayed clothed around the kids and no alcohol was consumed until the kids had left and so the safeguarding was ticked right? <laughs> uh, but yeah no that was um, that was great after the game and the vibe you know it was we're happy to have won you know it's a young Welsh team but one thing Welsh never do is give up they always keep fighting keep fighting so to be able to win that sort of second
1: half the more that the team could sort of come through adversity in some regards, the better and stronger it'll become. Mate, never shun beating Wales. Like, honestly, I was in the corporate and there was this Welsh lad in there or bloke, and he I can only describe him as like a gnome. He looked like a gnome and he was raging. <laughs> I can't believe it, but I thought we had you. And he was going off and off. And I saw, oh, yeah, whatever, mate. He was actually a nice guy, but it's just you don't want to lose to Wales. So get a beer in hand and celebrate. You beat Wales, it's great. Yeah. Happy days. We move on. How are the young lads settling in, mate? And how old do some of them make you feel? I feel old. I feel old anyway. Um, Walking into Twickenham
0: at the weekend. We had an extended bus walk. We came in, walked through the crowd. The crowd's cheering and everything. Then and As soon as I got to, just outside the spirit of rugby, there's people lined up. Some bloke was like, "Damn goal! Damn goal! You're too old." <laughs> Cheers! <Yeah>. Like <laughs> literally, like yeah. What's wrong? But, but, with no, but I, I thought, yeah, you got a point actually. The lads found it hilarious But I had to reassess my life At that point And I was like Yeah you're right I am Cheers whoever that was yeah. um, Shout out to you Obviously yeah. <laughs> Really supportive of our podcast um, I going to I'm gonna, This week I'm going to go back And find out who it was. I'm going to Ask for CCTV cameras Because I thought he was Outside the spirit of rugby He, he must have been Some
1: distinguished guest Maybe he was that gnome The Welsh gnome bloke That I bumped into I was like oh, I'm pretty sure That must be a Welsh accent There was like No he was English I was like cool There um, was one of uh, Brown he speaks about Isn't there he was, he was walking in Twicken And they like My Brown You're shit and he had an English accent. <laughs> <laughs> but I was to play a test match, mate. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Like, yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. But it's, a, it's a young squad. There's almost like, it's a bit strange in some regards. You've got like real senior players with 70, 80, 90 caps. And then you've got blokes with zero to 20. But yeah, no, everyone's getting along well. And training's good.
1: I can see it from the outside. You know, England have still got, they've got youth. and They've got guys coming through. The, they're learning the ropes. When you look at wales and you look at england the experience that england still have in that squad with the youth actually gets them the results against italy and it got them over the line the last 25 minutes against wales where well, wales are sort of starting that four-year cycle without almost that experience so it makes sense and i can see exactly what england are trying to do uh i have got a question yeah obviously england traditionally always sang a song and, and we'll never disclose that song but uh, who took the lead because johnny mays always sing that so i'm just intrigued to who took the lead on that It is now taken by Sam Underhill and Willa Chesham. So it's very highbrow
0: with Underhill. There's some big words in there, very hard to pronounce. But no, it was done with, apparently they did run it by Johnny May beforehand. So Johnny May was assisting with the the song. So it's a continuation of the previous song, but obviously new lyrics, updated, remixed version for the modern age.
1: Which is nice, but Underhill... I mean, he's got a bit of history with shotgun and the guitar. Basically, in 2019, under in World Cup camp, decided like come in and play the guitar, and you could always hear him in his room singing George Ezra Shotgun. Yeah. So he used to get a lot of stick. But he changed the lyrics, didn't he? He was like, "I wrote Shotgun in the Hudson,
0: knowing I'm a someone." <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's actually such a champion of a bloke, but my goodness, does he take some stick. Oh, he's been hammered this past week. But I'm sure he listens it. to a pod. I'm sure he's yeah. desperate to come on, so yeah. we can we can ask him more. So, good, good on that. And, mate, chocolate biscuits. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as I was driving home on
0: um, Saturday night after the game, I just thought, oh, I better check that chocolate biscuit. I was like, oh, no, it started to melt. Oh, no, it's going to make a mess in my car. I better eat it. It tasted lovely. The chef did get a little bit of stick. People thought the biscuit... Chocolate ratio wasn't right this week, but the chef insisted. Put four kilos of biscuit, four kilos of chocolate, mixed properly, but I think maybe the uh, biscuit was a bit
1: fine. Mm, yeah, okay. Um, right, question from Beth Propter: Who had the most biscuits on Friday?
0: I think Marla had the most. He normally has the most.
1: He needs feeding. Which
0: was how many, roughly? I'd say six, probably for him. The problem with the biscuits is, not a problem, they're lovely. But you have two, and you're like, oh, maybe you just have another, you have another one, and it's almost tips you over the edge. So you've got to learn that, well, for you, five maybe and then the sixth tips you over the edge doesn't it but like it's that balance of just making sure you have enough but not too much because otherwise it's sort of it's too much
1: do you remember steve thompson (laughs) oh my god i've got to tell this story where he came in to the physio room (laughs) sorry stomach pains Uh, isn't it overeating but steve thompson before one game he came in and he was a bit uncomfortable and they said what's wrong and he said i need (laughs) de-winding And the physio basically had some massage his stomach. I did, uh, he, put, he put like his leg across his back. It was like basically <laughs> manipulating him. <laughs> <laughs> he just farted. <laughs> then he was but, fine. They basically decompressed oh. him for a while and then he was he was <laughs> good to go. Stunk the
0: physio room out and then he was fine to play.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> um, Lady Giggles question. Wants to know who you've been rooming
0: with? Week one, I was rooming with Ben Curry in Girona, which was strange because I with this twin brother Tom in the world cup i was comparing contrasting the pair of them i text tom saying that i'm room with ben then tom facetimed <laughs> As, for me it was great for them they've probably done it a hundred times before but like that was it that was the highlight of the week really for me in that room and then i've been room with because now i've moved back to penny hill for test weeks so now i'm with george ford who is your old roommate is he missing me or Did he mention me let's talk about all, all the time yeah yeah, yeah. i thought he would yeah constantly asking about you really that's what we talk about. Forty is probably like the senior back now. He's always been that sort of coach, player coach role, but now go. he's got a big say in the way the backs are. He's, there's a lot of
1: young guys in that back line. Talent, as leadership's been relied upon a lot by everyone, really. I think from the outside, there was always this perception that George and Owen ran the show, which they did. But I think from a lot of the public, they just think that everyone, they just went around shouting at each other. That just wasn't the case. No. They, those two were both phenomenal at it, right? And now, obviously, you just got George in camp. You know, George George's doing a, a great job. I and mean, obviously, no
0: one can replace Owen Farrell and the presence he has and the captain kind of thing. But I think the way the leadership group is, you know, Chairman George doing a great job stepping up. And 40 does what 40 does which is leads the standards make sure people know what they're doing where they are he gets things done but he's not the angry northern that people sometimes make him out to beat he's been good and i say i think that whole leadership group you know him genj jeremy george spoke in the week about like ben earl and, and other blokes helping take that lead elliot daily a lot of those senior players like yourself courtney have gone so it's now relying upon growing other people
1: yeah i suppose you have got a fast track some of those guys yeah. and you either sit back and let those guys just kind of be led And then all of a sudden the same people aren't in the room and it's like okay now's your chance to step up well actually you're better off dragging them along now and making them start finding a voice and so that that transition becomes a lot easier but george is incredible at demand and what he wants and i think he breaks the game down really simple and just gives people clear what you need to get after and how you're gonna do it so he's always does it in a way that's not like not so people do but
0: you can sometimes think it's a bit authoritarian and and demeaning sometimes to be told what to do but it's a way of Leading you to the result, you know what I mean. The way they sort of lead and the way they tell people what to do is more like, if you do this, then we get a result, and you end people doing it because it's naturally the way to do it, rather than being like, run this line. You're a prick, you know what I mean, like that yeah. kind of leadership. So, um, no, it's been good, and I think it's going to continue to grow and off. But if you look at the England team, like, there's a lot of combinations there that haven't actually played that much rugby together. I guess from nine, ten, ten, twelve, Dingle's played, got two caps, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of like sladies come back into the team after missing the World Cup. So there's a lot of combinations that are new together and work and they take time to actually come to the fore and you can train a lot but it's when it's battle tested in games that because training you try and make it as hard as you can and make it as realistic to the game as possible but you play against italy or wales they're actually belting you and want to hurt you whereas it's kind of only in those games we actually get to properly um become battle hardened and and now i think it's been a pretty good thing is it been an improvement in how england have performed and played from game one to game two
1: how is uh, now how's jamie george getting on obviously he led anyway before, but actually now being captain and stuff. How what sort of environment is he trying to create? He's always been a leader, and I think he's always get happy talking to the press. And England have used him a lot
0: in the past to to get those messages across the media stuff, so he's used to it. As I say leadership wise, he's he's bringing his own style and things. I think he wants the younger players to express their personalities and and be open in the group, and because um, he's quite a he used to run the social committee with Danny Care, he's have to hand that over. That was an emotional handover earlier in camp for the pair of them, but. He's trying to get people off the field, connected on the field, and, and get the, the balance right with both of them.
1: So far, he's doing well. And um, you're two from two, so fair play. Jinx is 100%. He's, he's doing the business. We have a question from Jay Hines. How did the first Caps get on after the Italy win, and what song did they sing? All right. Well, it hasn't actually happened yet, Ben. Well, that's what I thought you were going to say, yep. Yeah.
0: We played Italy, and then we were leaving early the next morning to go to get into test week for Wales, so... I only think um, Ethan Roots sang because he won Man of the Match as well. So Jamie got to sing at the post-match function. What
1: did Ethan sing?
0: Um, Country Roads. Nice. John Denver. A
1: classic. The crowd got involved. I think a lot of the Italians knew it. It was a crowd play. He did well. He did well. Sometimes that's actually more nerve-wracking than the actual test match. Yeah. Is a post-match. What are you are going to sing in front of the group? We have a question from Joe. Other team watching Love Island and have you joined the club?
0: Is Joe Marla? I know. Um, thank you, Joe. Um, the team are watching Love Island. Yes, there are. There's a group, mainly the veterans. Um, I know Alex Donbrand, when he's in camp, he loves it. So he watches it religiously, as does Daily, Jamie George, Danny Care, Danny Care loves it as well. He knows all the people. Um, I've dabbled a bit in it, partly because they may eat some biscuits later night. So I go around there and just pretend to be enjoying it. But they're watching it. I can't tell you what's going on. But I know the biscuits taste nice. nice.
1: We've had more than 30 messages from people asking this. Dan, what is your favourite service station? Oh, my favourite service station. Well, I'm actually a bit high-end when it
0: comes to service stations. There's one in Cumbria called t which is a lot like Gloucester Services. Posh. You could probably do your whole week shop there. Get my cheese from there and have it at the back yeah, of the bus. Yeah, get your cheese. Get some biltong. Basically, you can remortgage your house, spend it there, and then enjoy your weekend. But they're my, my favourite ones, just because they're a bit different. I don't stop for fuel on services, because that's ridiculously overpriced. But for a quick Costa or Starbucks or other coffee shop supply. Yeah, Tollington. It's probably the most used because it's M1. Mm. Well, that's enough about me, Ben. I've spoken far too much. I've got some questions for you because I've been here. So we've got some stuff to catch up on, but let's do that after the ads. Right. Ben, I've been away. However, yeah, I do feel bad because you've been doing the work of two men. You've been keeping the podcast
1: going and you've also been doing loads of promotional work. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you won't feel too bad when the match fees arrive in your bank account. Um, you won't feel too guilty about leaving me in the pod, holding the fort and fighting on all fronts, Coley. But yeah, essentially, I, um, I went away, got some sun, returned on Sunday, straight home, boom, lapped up on, podcast break down the six nations review one which i did with mike brown yep then monday morning i'm up i'm going down to big jim's show doing that with jim did you i saw a picture of you big jim oh yeah did you overindulge in dubai just a bit of maybe water retention from the flight, was that? I mean, there's a little bit. Basically, what happened was Jim Hamilton was extremely kind with his time, and I was chatting to all things podcast, you know, getting to know the ins and outs. I'm really trying to grow my understanding of being a podcaster. Had a nice coffee and everything like that, and I thought, oh, Jim, I said, let's can I just get a snap with you. So I asked the, um, the lady behind the counter, said, so, can you just grab a photo? And it was a really funny angle, and the lighting was bad, and it just wasn't great. She took one snap, and <laughs> I literally looked like a barrel, don't I? Turns out that um, when you fly back from Dubai for a seven-hour flight, you have a lot of water retention. It has nothing to do with maybe overindulging. It's the salted there. peanuts, probably, is it? They yeah, give you yeah. all the pretzel things. They give you a little snack, you know, just salt and, and fluid. And, and you it moved like, much yeah, yeah. in the sea. I've sat there, I watched movies, and it just, you know, apparently this it's very, very common to really yeah. retain well, you've it. lost all now. It's gone because you've worked so hard. But hey, look, so get back from gym Sean on, on the Monday. Get back home. Obviously, kids, doing school run, everything like that. Being a great dad that I am. Then on Tuesday, I got asked like months ago, would I come to a pub and do a Q&A and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, of course, when is it? This is the date, boom, Tuesday, The whatever it was. The event comes closer and closer. So I messaged the chap and I say, mate, when do you need me there? What time and like, what's the format? So he said, can you get there for 6.30? And then we'll do a Q&A around 7, 7.30, It'd be really simple and then off you go. And I thought, well, that ties in quite nicely. So I can do that event and then I had BBC Breakfast booked in for Wednesday morning. BBC can were gonna put me in a hotel uh, in Media City. License payers, money is it? All right. <laughs> Five star, was it? Oh, interesting. It was, it was, it was all right. Um, so Tuesday comes around and I'm ready for this event. He sends me the postcode of where I'm going. So I have a look on the map and it's like South Birmingham, Bronze Grove sort of way. And I think. They yeah, swing around that way as you go. A track that, And yeah. I can then go up the M6 and get up to, you know, Mertway So I can get up to BBC Breakfast and stay the night and then do that because I think the event will finish around nine, 10 o'clock. So I had to get up there. Anyway, so I message him and say. En route, now leaving home, should be with you, ETA, 6.30. Off I go. It's horrendous rain. Like, conditions are awful, and it's taken ages. Traffic's bad. It's a bad time to leave anyway, so I'm going there, going there. And I ring him. I say, hey, mate, um, just so you know, I'm, I'm like, held up a little bit. So, it's actually saying I'm going to be there for about seven. He said, actually, I'm going to be there about seven as well, because I've had to come from Derbyshire and pick something up. So, I'm going to be about the same time. I said, okay, perfect. I said, right, what do I need to do when I get there? Because I'm ahead of you. He said, go in there, pub and ask for Gary. Perfect. Right, park up. Now, I'm in this village in Bronze Grove, and it seems really, really quiet. There's probably 12 cars in the car park, if that. Big event. Big event. I walk into the to the pub, and there's a restaurant on the right with the door closed, and there's the bars on the left, so I open up the door and I walk in. And as I walk in, there's five chaps there, and they kind of look at me, and I look at them, and I think, right, and they look like they have been laborers and they've been working yeah. and on the tools yeah. all day and you know probably a so they just coming and- for a pint rather than at yeah. an event but i look at them thinking oh, are they nodding at me because they're here for the event yeah. or are they nodding at me because they're just like you're right mate you're not in from really? around here anyway so i go to the bar and i said to, hi it's uh, is gary in and she looks at me and goes uh no i don't think too much of it at this point, I'm a little bit like something's not right here. So she goes, "What? What would you like to drink?" So I thought, okay, well, I'll just I'll have a Corona, please. So I look again around, <laughs> around, around my back, and the the chaps are all just sort of sitting there chewing the fat. You anyway, know, I grab my drink, pay for it, and I go and sit down, put my pint down, <laughs> and I ring him up again. I go the, the chap that's organising. I say, "Mate, what's um what's the situation?" Because it's it's dead here. And he goes, "What?" I go, "Mate, there's like no one here." I said, "Are we in the restaurant?" Because that sounded a bit lively. He went, no, no, it's Ram, mate. It should be absolutely Ram. I've just got off the phone to Gary. I went, well, I just asked the lady who just served me and she said, Gary's not here. And he was like, what are you talking about, mate? Send me where you are. I'm pretty sure this exact thing happened in the in us, Ben. Right. So he's, I've said, look, it's dead. You know, I'll send you a video of, of what the situation is. <laughs> 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 So there I am, right? There's I'm, three blokes in there. I'm sat in this bar. I've said yes to an event that he's told me he's going to be rammed full of England fans and we're just going to talk about rugby in the Six Nations. I've walked in. There's five chaps there. I'm in the Navigation Inn in Bromsgrove. I'm thinking, what on earth's going on? I'm on the dog and bone to him saying, what's going on? Yeah. I've sent him this video. He is like, rang me immediately, going, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I've given you the wrong postcode, right? I said, what do you mean you give me the wrong postcode? Turns out, by this point, this is like 20 past seven. I was meant to be there like an hour ago, right? This is where I was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Just 53 miles away. <laughs> How's he got it so wrong? I have no idea. Oh, so you're an hour and 15 away, eh? So at this point, it's like 20 past seven. I'm an hour and 15 away. He sent me the wrong postcode. He's also going to the wrong postcode, and he's organized the event. So he's rang me and he's, he's like, mate, mate, we're at the wrong place. I've given you the wrong postcode. I said, all right, well, well, how, you know, thinking like five minutes, yeah. like, you know what I mean, yeah. I'm just down the road. So he pings me this address, which is, as you say, an hour and 15 away, 53 miles, bearing in mind we were meant to be there an hour ago. So I said, Well, what are we going to do? He's like, mate, you've got to come. You've got to come. You've said yes to it. And I said, Right, well, I will come. I was like, But you've like really yeah. messed up. And I said, What are you going to tell them? Because, you know, you've already told them push the max saying we're stuck in traffic. And he was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I was like, Well, just tell them that you gave me the wrong address. He's like, I can't. I cannot do that. I like categorically cannot do that. So at this point, he's turned around because he's about 10, 15 minutes ahead of me. And, and I'm like, Right. So I jump in the car and I'm like, I'm coming. Anyway, I, I managed to get to this event at eight forty-five which isn't too bad, no. right? And I walk in and <laughs> he's already on the mic and I don't know how long he's been on the mic for, <laughs> basically groveling. Um, and I walk in and actually everyone was really, really good. Uh, we had a great night. So, yeah, that's a bit of a long-winded story. But essentially, yeah, so events, before you ever do events, Cole, yeah. when the England Suss finished, mate, before you say yes, double check where they are or just the organiser, check. So that's your first week of being an ex-England international
0: promoting the podcast
1: yeah mate i'm two days in at this point i'm two days in it's been horrendous right so then i go up to salford uh and stay at the bbc and i do the bbc in the morning which was absolutely fine actually get on the couch chit chat no problems promote the pod i actually watched it oh did you tune in yeah i did watch it yeah um you're right at the end i thought they should give you more of a blockbuster role but you know I wanted to come in red hot at like the 7.30, but yeah. what I thought, all right, because I was on at like 9.20, I yeah. thought, do you know what? Nursing homes, care homes, like they were loving it, mate. Like, right. They haven't got social media because they couldn't actually tell me how much they loved it. But I know for a fact that they're all watching it. They're knitting. They're having a cup of teas. They're chatting.
0: Boom. Yeah. Just before Rogue Traders or something that comes yeah. Out on. Yeah. What, or whatever it is. What time
1: did you actually get there in the morning? So you stayed over the night. What time did you get to the BBC? Archie met me there. We went into the studio. We actually arrived and I was meant to have like an hour of chilling out time and they suddenly went, you're about to go on. We were like, what? You're about to go on. So then we kind of rushed through and then we weren't. Did you have hair and makeup and stuff or? um, No, I didn't. Do that yourself. No, I didn't do that. I didn't need that. You had a tan, right? didn't you? Yeah, I just come off the back of holiday, didn't I? I need another one on the back of this week. And then, um, so I did all that. And then obviously I attended the game at the weekend, which was my first experience of being a corporate Twickenham day
0: out, I guess. Yeah. It has all been worth it, though, because I have had, I've been fielding questions, left, right and centers, and requests to come on the pod from inside the England camp. There was a bit of worry at first, because it was like, media inside camp, and colleagues in a podcast would be controversial. And then people listened to it, and they thought, this is the best rugby pod, probably the best podcast I've ever listened to.
1: Yeah, I've heard that.
0: And I sort of dropped into it, like, oh, yeah, you have to come on, and they'll be like, yeah, please. So, all right, mate, calm down. Um, so, <laughs> we ain't got space for everyone. I'd probably won't now after this, but... Um, this is our show, not yours. Yeah, yeah, I've overheard one. But he was like, oh, I really I really like the show, but I'm not going to tell Coley that. I was like, ha, I heard it, I heard it. He's like, oh, fuck's sakes. Um, so, yeah, I do need to quickly mention the kit situation. Obviously, we tried a bit of bribery to get five-star reviews by offering uh, kit swaps and stuff like that. And you see some of the best ones are behind us right now. I just want to reassure the listeners, unfortunately, I've been away from home recently. There's been a lot of requests, a lot more than we could possibly ever have thought of. We just need to get through that process. We're going to find out the best way Hopefully, give me a couple of weeks. I'll think of a way of doing it. I'll speak to some really clever people
1: and we'll get some stuff sent out soon. Mate, the kit thing's getting out of hand though. Like, I'll be honest with you. I got a mini rugby, and people are telling me, I left five star review. Like, what have you got? As if I've got something in the back of my car there and then to give it to them. We have to be fair. We have to make sure everyone is treated equally and there can't be queue jumpers or anything like that. Yeah, but you also can't be sending in, right, an old England shirt to try and get an updated version or an old, you know, club shirt. and You're like, oh, can I have the latest version of all the one you. Yeah, you we're, wear? Not, we're not running a, a part exchange car dealership. Yeah. This is what it feels like sometimes. It's like the leases ran out and they're, they're upgrading it. And it's like you're sending in an old tatty England shirt and they're like, yeah, can I have the latest one, mate, with the one you actually wore on a flash day. (laughs) I want to sort of lower people's expectations here. Like, yeah. a big shout out to Ashfield ladies sending in their shirt. Michigan Rugby, how good's that? Uh, Holt Rugby Club, of course. But a big shout out to those three. But one thing we did say is we want to know who is the furthest away from this studio that listens to the pod. So right now we've got Michigan. I also know someone else in America is listening. So if you are the furthest away and you're part of the love of rugby... Pod following. On social media, you need to send a picture of yourself with a landmark
0: or some form of live pin. Well, the thing is, though, you could just go with, like, the
1: year they went traveling. I'm in Fiji. Today's paper <laughs> held up in front of a landmark, <laughs> wearing a shirt. And then in return, we'll, we'll get a proper good price here. Mm-hmm. We're looking to go global. Just on that,
0: give a shout out to the five downloads that we've had from Vanuatu. Isn't that
1: incredible? We've had two in Fiji. Yeah. And the reason they got two and we've done more than two is actually Kinney who was listening to it, right? But now he's now come back to France. And I don't know how he's traveled because have I got a story for the listeners, right? So Kini Murimurivavu, absolutely legend. He moved back to Fiji, finished his time at the club, moved back to Fiji. Now he's come back to France. He left last year, didn't he? So, yeah, this would have been two years ago, say. So. Anyway, we're in a away game to Clermont. So, we're leaving on the day of the game because it's not until a night kickoff. So, we're heading to the airport. Kinney thinks, I better just check my passport. He's got a lot of big family. And he taps his pocket, finds his passport, pulls it out, opens it. It's his 82 year old grandfather's passport, right? Dead grandfather. <laughs> Who's sadly passed away. And basically, the story goes, Kinney was playing in France at the time. His grandfather was going to come and visit him. He'd never left Fiji. Correct. Got a passport in time to then come and visit Kinney. He then sadly passed away. So then Kinney then inherited the passport.
0: Went went back for the funeral and took the passport as like a memento of his grandfather. Unfortunately, trying to travel to France on this passport wasn't the smartest idea.
1: So basically Kinney tried to then fly on his grandfather's passport. And when he opened it, of course, the whole team erupted in stitches. And um, safe to say that was a very amusing travelling day as Kinney tried to travel <laughs> as an 82-year-old virgin. So
0: a bit more stats on the downloads. We've had one download in Trinidad and Tobago and three in Panama. Cole, you got some reviews there to share, have you? Slated some of the highlights. This is from Diesel 77 Cracking pod, perfect mix of brain and brawn. I would love a spare match-worn sock if there's one going. Top work, lads. Just wants one sock. Doesn't want to pair.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> what are you going to use this sock for? I'll that bloke again. Yeah. It might be.
0: <laughs> Normally charge for that, mate. This is um, Mooley 1996. I would love an old gum shield if there's one going. But that can't be legit. My gum shield's minging. Like, it's, Why would you want that? Yeah. I need to clean my gum shield. Do you reckon he's going to get it? Boil his kettle and like remould it? Be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Um, maybe just like has a thing for gums. <laughs> this is from Sean. Well worth it. I always thought Ben Youngs was the poor man's Andy Gommasol, and I wondered how Dan Cole was still going, as he always looked over 40. I'm happy to admit it, I was wrong. Great podcast.
1: And I'm happy to tell you, Sean, <laughs> that you're a fucking idiot, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about that is, it's like, he's gone poor
0: man's Andy Gommasol, in like, n- no disrespect to Andy Gommasol, but... It's not like he, he's one of the elite number nines in the world, me yeah. that's ever existed. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, you're a poor man's Anton Dupont, or you're a poor man's George Gregan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, that, that statue would be all right. Yeah, yeah, Poor man's Andy Gomesall. He's basically saying, you're shit. Um, this one is from Ellie. Really enjoyed the podcast. Dan, you are my son's absolute idol. He is nine years old, and he's desperate for a photo with you. But you never come around after Tigers games, and he wants to know why. that get me in trouble. Um, he even called his last sheep, Dan Cole. Well, I'm Ellie. I do come around after I don't know where you are after the Tigers games. Like, you, well, because we're knackered. We've just run around frames. We'd come around. I don't know where. I think she means a lap of the stadium, I'm guessing. Okay. All oh, right. You're okay. always freezing. I meant like a house. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, Yeah. Yeah, no, I do do a lap. Ellie, just come and hang outside the change room. Yeah, I'll find you, Ellie. Yes, I will take a photo and sheep. The, the real question is is it a toy sheep or a real sheep? Because if it's a real sheep, I'd quite like to meet the real sheep as well. Get
1: a photo of the sheep. Yeah. Um, can we go back to Sean? Because he's an absolute prick. <laughs> <laughs> right, Coley, you've been released for camp
0: for two days. Um, well, we've got released Saturday night. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we're back in Wednesday afternoon. So three full days. What's it like when you get out, mate? It's nice being home. Haven't been home for close to three weeks. However, all the stuff that's piled up, all the administration that you've just ignored and letters and all that kind of stuff and your children that have forgotten who you are you got to quickly jam that in and then it's like the kids are really happy to see me so like, oh, daddy you're home it's like for three days what's that daddy yeah i'll be going back again soon what it's like so you try and cram as much as you can as that's period but i did get to go on the school run this morning i did the school run i also got to join in the maths breakfast so we did some mathematics in the classroom that was really nice
1: and i mean i'm itchy to know did you see the dad you know the man that <laughs> thought you weren't at the world <laughs> cup and then realized that you were singing uh, the national no episode. i haven't um he wasn't there this morning <laughs> unfortunately but he, he knows. Big shout out to him. I mean, yeah. I know he's a massive listener of the pod and I'm sure that he's going to breach that conversation at some point. <laughs> so obviously you're back. Yeah. And because you have got so much love for the love of rugby on one of your days, only three days off with the family, having been away for three weeks, he's obviously doing the pod. How did that go down, mate? Yeah, I had to gradually sort of, the um, kids are at school there, right?
0: But I just had to gradually sort of Tell my wife, oh, it's it's um, actually um, podcast has been really successful, a lot more successful than we originally thought, and uh, thanks to Lenny going up, and and down the to Lenny going up and down the country. Um, <laughs> we'll probably have to record some more episodes on one of those three days. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, yeah, because uh, honestly, um, Steve, oh, he's just been giving me this all the time. <laughs> you <laughs> stop texting me, but I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to have to do it. Um, no, but, yeah, yeah, no, if you I, keep saying, can you can you do another one? Yeah. Keep promoting it. Promote yeah. the game. Originally, um, I was a bit like, what? And then she says, listen to the podcast and she can understand why I'm here right now. Because it's- So good. Yeah. And big shout out, Trinidad. Yeah. Where else was it? Well, Panama. Panama, yeah. We're go upset We haven't called it proper scrummy. Proper scrummy. That's I like that. But yeah, it's it's probably more ITV4, ITVb than it is um, rugby podcasting. Yeah. It?
1: What do England do for the next ten days? Obviously, leading up to Murrayfield. So, how what does this week look like?
0: This week, follow week, we're off Monday, Tuesday. We meet up Wednesday. Afternoon at Twickenham. Um, so I think we're staying in Richmond. Training at Twickenham this week. We have, I think it's weights and basically a sort of get the bodies moving again. Wednesday, Thursday, I think there's a lot of sort of administration and stuff, and we're doing a bit of training. And Friday, there's a big open session. Friday morning, an open session at Twickenham. So hopefully,
1: get to see some of the listeners there. Coley, good luck, mate. How good is this podcast? We've actually got someone in the England camp doing the Six Nations, and we get all his knowledge. That's another episode done. Our next one is going to be our post-match your guide to everything that happens after the final whistle. If you're a new listener, go and check out our episode about game day. That's probably our best one yet. And if you've already listened to all our episodes and you need another podcast to listen to, go and find Joe
0: Marler's Things People Do. For the love of rugby, it's ad-free on Amazon Music. If you listen on
1: Apple, you can get it ad-free for £1 a week. We will be back on Monday. Thanks for coming back. I'm going to miss you. Sports Social Podcast Network.